Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and or mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'm coming to you live from sunny, bomb cyclone-free Sierra Madre, California. Despite the traffic, the smog, and the desperate lack of affordable housing, the weather makes it all worth it. I just drown out the existential sorrow and frustration with my floral button-up sandals and a refreshing bottle of Topo Chico in the middle of January. Please enjoy the weather responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I found a couple of ASMR artists softly hawking loogies for their YouTube channels, and I asked them to join me on the show, and they are... (sighs) Ryan, your music connoisseur. (laughs) Pedro, your mixologist. And for our guests today, that is a callback to uh, a couple episodes ago. Um, so, so go and listen to our movie night episode and you will understand why Ryan is so upset. <laughs> and our guests today are a personal favorite of mine. They're a pop band hailing from Washington, D.C. with a penchant for bright, infectious pop tailor-made for festival sing-alongs. Although they've been kicking around since 2009, the pandemic saw a huge boom for them when they noticed people watching live streams on Reddit and saw an opportunity to reach new fans. They started streaming on the platform and then moved over to TikTok where they've amassed over 500,000 followers in just a year and a half. So some of you may already be big fans yourselves. They've been praised by Parade Billboard and American Songwriter and are about to embark on a U.S. tour, so snatch up those tickets now. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Sub Radio to the pod. Ow! Well, I know. What's up? Should we be hawking loogies too? Or yes. is that just for you guys? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Can we go around the room really quick and sound off with your names and roll in the band so listeners can place your voice? Yes. My name is Adam. I am the lead singer in Sub Radio. My name is Matt. I am the guitarist in Sub Radio. My name is Mike, and I'm the drummer in Sub Radio. And my name is Barry, and I play bass. And if anyone hears that in the background, that is our mascot, Pierogi the Black Pug, saying that he wishes he was on the air right now. He has been long lost. Never going to happen. <laughs> he, he didn't say that. <laughs> How do you know? I speak bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, I already mentioned this, but I'm a big fan of you guys. Um, I think like three or four years ago, your song Emotional popped up on my Discover Weekly, and I've been a sub radio stand ever since. And Adam, you and I met when you played the Hotel Cafe show in Hollywood last fall. Uh, if you don't remember, it was at the merch booth after the show. I'm sure you were very busy, but I was like, whenever you guys roll through town again, we need to get you on the show. 
And, you know, unfortunately, you're not back in LA yet. And even if you were, we're still in the middle of Omicron. So that wouldn't be possible to meet, sadly. But we can talk about LA over Zoom. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> but yes, we have a show to do. Let's get to know one another. Ooh, did I bump the microphone? It's just one of those days, y'all. <laughs> we have a show to do. Let's get to know one another and our musical taste. What has everyone been listening to lately? Because we have a lot of voices on the show today, I'm going to be very strict about that 60-second timer. I'm not afraid to play a really, really loud and annoying buzzer. <laughs> Who wants to take this first? Hmm. I don't negotiate with uh, loud sound terrorists, but uh, <laughs> I'll kick us off. Um, band I like called Surfboard released a jam in the van performance, which always um, I always find those to be so fun. And this this is a band I feel like that I'd never expect to do this because they're really larger than a small back of a van and are one of the best live bands I think playing right now. Uh, the highlight for me is a song called White Claw Enema Bong Hit, um, which is fantastic. Check out this Jam in the Van performance and um, and their album, Keep on Trucking. It's really fun <laughs> um, punk garage. Wow, you did that in under 20 seconds. I'm so proud of you, Ryan. That means a lot. <laughs> yes, golf clap, everyone. Who wants to go next? I'll go. Um, Rex Orange County's coming out with new stuff, and so I've been listening to Keep It Up constantly. I fucking love him um breakbot also came out with a single remedy and then um there's a song called long drives by boy with uke that i've really been liking um so yeah check those out uh if you if you like um and i will concede the rest of my time to the band yeah we're just gonna keep building up a bank of time just so you guys <laughs> can gush all you want uh i'll take it first um all right, so I've been listening to uh, this band called Sokken Action. They're out of Japan, uh, like alt-rock, uh, like kind of funk. Uh, they released a song called Shock, uh, super Talking Heads inspired, uh, like a lot of hand percussion and also a kit, crazy horn section. Uh, I love the production on it. It literally sounds like you're in the room with them. It sounds like you walk into like a 70s, 60s club, and it's just this big band in your face with these like loud, booming vocals. Incredible stuff. Uh, love the band. Oh, wow. That sounds exactly like it's right up my alley. Um, already, we have uh, quite the playlist brewing. Who wants to go next? Heck, I'll go next. I've been listening to a, uh, it's not super new, but it's new to me. I just, I really like just discovered it. It's Barcelona by Winneka Bowling League. And they released multiple versions that of that song. Yeah, dude, that song is incredible. And every version of that song is good, man. They've got the normal version, which is awesome. Uh, then there was a remix that came out. Then there was an acoustic version, too. Like, it's just, it's just so good. Everything about that song is good. And every version is good. So that's been my obsession. We stand Matthew Coma. What can we say? I know, man. Me, too. Let's go. <laughs> Fun fact, the reason they're called Winnetka Bowling League is because he and his friends, and I think like, I, I'm, I'm going to get this wrong, but I think like his cousin and maybe his parents were all like in a bowling league together and they just kind of stuck with that. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. Wow. But Matt was uh, not accepted by the bowling league, um, <laughs> you know, birthing a life of resentment and the name of his band. No, it's I don't his know. That's it's his origin story. <laughs> yeah, right. His jo he was jokerified by the bowling league. <laughs> Uh, I can go next. Uh, I have been listening to 
uh, everybody's favorite female-fronted British indie pop band Fickle Friends' new album, uh, pretty much nonstop. And uh, the the very first track on it is called "Love You to Death," and it is wild. It is a ride. There's like six different choruses, and you just get one right after the other for the entire song. Um, and that's kind of the whole album. It's just it's uh, loaded down with hooks. Uh, and I appreciate it very much. So I was always sort of a, a, a six out of ten Fickle Friends fan, and this has really converted me uh, to to go to go full send. You were a Fickle <laughs> fan. <laughs> oh, truly. <laughs> I love all the I love the ratio way of describing that the six out of ten and the the chorus to hook. <laughs> so, Fickle Friends are on our wish list for season four. So stick around. We may be able to land them yet. I guess I will go last. Um, I have been listening to a song by our favorite indie pop band, Coin. Uh, they just put out a song called Cutie, which is pretty good. Um, and then honorable mention for Honest Men, who put out a cover of Ain't No Mountain High Enough in 2020, um, which is really awesome. Sounds cool. Very much digging it. Check them out if you don't know them. Nice. Great stuff. Ooh. Great stuff, current stuff, and mine isn't really. Um, so spoiler alert for listeners, we recorded this a week ago. So this is fresh news right now. Um, <laughs> earlier this week, Neil Young pulled all of his music from Spotify after this big game of chicken he was playing with, with the streaming platform. Um, and, you know, the, the whole story is that he took umbrage at the fact that Spotify bought Joe Rogan's podcast for like $100 million dollars. And apparently the show has been spreading misinformation about vaccines. and But that's like, so I've heard, I do not listen to Joe Rogan. Um, but uh, when Neil Young wrote that open letter to his publishers to remove his music, I went in and started listening. I don't know why. I use Apple Music 99.9% .9 of the time. So I'm, I wasn't in danger ever of losing Harvest Moon or, or Heart of Gold or anything. Uh, but I love his music. It was a great opportunity to remember that he exists. And he's one of the greatest songwriters of all time, whether or not you agree with his politics. Um, if you have Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, YouTube, give him a listen or, you know, pick up a CD like uh, a trendy Zoomer because apparently his CDs are popular again. Um, yeah, Neil Young. <laughs> love him. My theory on this whole thing is that Neil Young has actually just been really frustrated. He's said this publicly, actually. It's not really a theory. He's just really frustrated about Spotify's audio quality, and this was a great <laughs> excuse to get off of Spotify. <laughs> my moment! <laughs> I should only be streaming my stuff that was recorded in 1973 in a lossless format. <laughs> I, I, saw, I, I saw a meme the other day that was like, Nickelback threatens to start uploading new music to Spotify if they don't remove Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, oh boy! God, just the punching bag of music, huh? <laughs> they always take it in stride. Poor guys. It's a rich. I mean, as of this morning, Joni Mitchell has now joined in on this and also ordered her music removed. So we'll mention that as well. This yeah. could be a whole episode. I feel like we could talk for hours about this. Um, I think it. I mean, it's a part of a rich tradition of Neil Young taking a stand. You know. Whether he's right or wrong over the years, he's always wanted to do that and is one of the few who has the power to really make a difference. I didn't think Spotify was going to respond to him because I feel like that's usually the way to go in something like this is you just ignore it and hopefully it doesn't get picked up again in the news cycle. But um, hopefully it remains yeah. a trend among only artists 
that uh, appeal to listeners over sixty. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure is I'm sure is the the, yeah. the thought process at Spotify HQ. <laughs> I would encourage. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they're thinking. Um, Definitely. I would encourage folks to check out Neil Young's uh, 1982 album Trans, which is basically sounds like the Tron soundtrack. It's a synth pop album. Oh, holy that, shit! Which famously was. Um, the subject of a lawsuit by David Geffen to Neil Young, suing Neil Young for not delivering a commercial enough album. <laughs> he sued his own artist, which he's since apologized for, and they've moved on from it. But at the time, um, one of the few cases <laughs> where that where that where someone was sued for not being commercial enough. <laughs> so check it out on Apple Music, Deezer, or Tidal. God. You know, the other day, Tidal. I, I just, <laughs> I was curious about this, and there is a website that can calculate your royalties on all the platforms based on how many streams you have, and Tidal has the biggest payout by, like, two times, like everything else. So, listeners, get a Tidal subscription. Uh, I've Don't heard... do that. <laughs> we're, we're not being paid by Tidal. We're not being paid by anyone. Um, so... <laughs> Oh man! Um, as a quick reminder, every song that we mention on the show goes directly onto the accompanying playlist in the episode description, um, except for Neil Young. Um, <laughs> it'll be what Ryan, it'll be. Yeah, unfortunately, Ryan, do you think we can get some covers of these songs on there at least? Well, if he had his publisher take down every recording of every cover that's been done, <laughs> we might be out of luck. That's but true. somehow, I doubt that that happened. It was probably just the label i bet if you just did like tom petty like most people wouldn't notice <laughs> oh. oh man yeah maybe we'll do some uh neil young adjacent yeah we'll put up some crazy horse stuff is what we'll do that'll be the workaround <laughs> all right well thank you for um this little sojourn everyone this little detour but i think i'm ready to go into the bar uh, Subradio fans already know that the lot of you look like we young lads, so the bouncer is going to need to see some ID. What did y'all bring today? I can go first. Um, I brought this already drank can of beer, <laughs> which I bought at the store last night. Sir, could you, sir can you please put that in the trash? <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, if I wasn't 21, I wouldn't have this beer in line. <laughs> <laughs> well, a really tempting fate with that one. And already drank beer. <laughs> Can I bring this in? <laughs> wow. I think the logic's pretty airtight. Uh, I have a picture of my vaccine card on my phone. <laughs> Zoom is censoring it. I love that. I, yeah, apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom is trying to combat misinformation about the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I've gotten all 17 of my boosters. I don't know why it's not letting me show you. <laughs> Collect them all. <laughs> well, so far, so good. Anyone else? I yeah. have some CBD THC mints. You also have to be 21 to have those. So. Ah, bribery. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <way to go. laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it is. I love that these IDs are just like a checklist of everything you need for a good night out. Like you got your beer, you need to calm down with the CBD and you, you should bring your vax card because like they're checking them at the door. Indeed. Yeah. I didn't bring something that like explicitly identifies my age, but 
I my necklace is pretty darn identifiable. Like there's no one else that really has something like this. And so I'm sure you could cross reference it with all sorts of stuff. You could carbon date it if you need. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, tell us about the necklace. Uh this is this is from Hawaii. It's a it's a uh, it's a kukui nut and I'm the only one that I know of that wears something that looks just like this. It's cracked. Um and it's uh something that is uh comes from my family my family's from maui so um this is a is a sentimental thing that i think is is pretty darn unique and if there's any question of who i am or where i come from or anything if as long as somebody's got this and they're probably me so (laughs) (laughs) this is my form of id (laughs) love that if you're ever Whoa. cloned, we'll know which one the evil one is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It'll be we'll broken which, in the we'll wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'm so glad none of you got turned away. Um, I think this might be the largest group we've ever had in the bar, and I hope our bartender here doesn't get swamped. You think you can handle it, Pedro? Oh uh, yeah, I'll be fine. But while he's <laughs> whipping up drinks, I think we need to set a vibe. Ryan, what's on the jukebox today? The Jukebox has us listening to Talk About L.A., the latest single from Indie Pop Sextet Sub Radio. you know this is a bit of a somber one for you guys um i personally came to you because of these infectiously charged indie bops like disco and better than that but i think you also have this penchant for confessional ballads that is just it's just top notch and this song and my personal favorite from y'all cool which i listed as one of the best tracks of 2020 for atwood uh they're certified tearjerkers but you know, like we like to discuss on the show all the time, it comes from this place of ennui instead of just unilateral longing. And I think that's something that we really love. We always talk about existing in a space where you can feel sad, but also happy that something can make you feel that sad, whether it's watching someone thrive after you've known them or longing for someone that you haven't seen since the start of the pandemic. Um, but I think I need something to quench my thirst after rambling so much. Pedro, are those drinks ready? Did we give you enough time? Yep, I got it. Um, so this peachy looking cocktail here um, was sort of inspired by this idea of talking about LA right so if we're going to talk about LA there's obviously like there's a lot of beauty in LA and there's a lot of memories here especially for like me I've lived here for a long time Um, it's got this you know California sunsetty vibe going on in the drink it's very pretty but if we're going to talk about LA we also have to talk about the fact that it can be very rough and just downright toxic so this drink is made of mostly garbage. Um, <laughs> so what we've got is uh, it's vodka, gin, tequila, and rum to start. So it's a lot of liquor. Um, and it will fuck you up. Um, and then it's got a little bit of uh, grenadine and blue curacao for color. Um, some lemon juice, just to give it some acidity. And then when I think of toxicity, um, nothing really says toxicity more to me than uh, a ice cold can of Mountain Dew so I poured that on top of it and it's like it I mean it's it's just a lot of like really gnarly ingredients but it's actually pretty refreshing it's almost like a Long Island iced tea um so they all come together really well 
Um, and then I just sort of garnished it with some like dried flowers and stuff to make it look like there was, you know, debris sort of floating in it. And uh, I'm calling this drink an LA river. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. You know, when you said that um, toxicity, what reminded you most of toxicity? I was hoping you'd say system of a down and incorporate that somehow. <laughs> don't don't ever assume anything. <laughs> ever. <laughs> you know what they say? Assuming makes an assu out of me. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that's the phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Well, that sounds utterly delicious. Um, I personally wouldn't drink from the real LA River, but I would drink from that one. Cheers, everyone. I'm gonna cheers, cheers my cheers. My big old Yeti glass of water today. <laughs> mm. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. I've you know, I'm I can gush all I want. Um, I've wanted to talk to you guys forever. And it seems like this has been quite the eventful pandemic for you. Not only have you blown up on Reddit, but you've amassed over 500,000 TikTok followers. And I hear you're on track to hit a million very soon. Can you talk a little bit about this journey of yours? How did it all start? Yeah, I think we were kind of uh, forced into it a little bit because the plan was um, right at the end of 2019 to go on another national tour and to, uh, you know, tour until we die and people know who we are. Um, but then we couldn't do that. So, uh, we did the same thing except in a basement and turned a camera on. Um, and that was pretty much how it started. We started on Reddit and, um, the first couple streams, we didn't have many people watch, maybe a couple thousand. And then the third one hit like 385,000 people or something like that. And we were like, all right, maybe we should keep doing that. Um, people seem to like it. Um, and uh, eventually we realized that the audience on TikTok was uh, just as welcoming. So we kind of transitioned over there and um, had an even better reception, honestly. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the short, short version. <laughs> and you'll have to forgive me because I'm turning into a bit of a geezer who needs his grandchildren to show him how to set up his email. What was it like adjusting to what is essentially a digital form of touring instead of actually getting out there? It was uh, a lot of trial and error um, and finding, you know, what worked, figuring out how we could get um, multiple cameras, uh, figuring out like the time frames that we wanted to stream when streaming was a good like just just a lot. It was a lot, a lot of trial and error, I think. When is yeah. the ideal streaming time? On TikTok, prime, yeah, prime yeah. time, oh, TV prime time yeah. hours. It's uh, so, some things don't change apparently. Seven p.m. Um, mountain mountain time, island time. I mean, what are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting actually that you bring that up because we have found that we suddenly have a lot of uh, fans in the UK for some reason, mm. uh, and it's because we tend to be online around like four to six p.m. Eastern, which puts us at a uh, bedtime in London, and everyone's on their phones. Uh, so we have, we have a ton of Brits following the band now because that's just when we happen to be on the internet. And that's, that's one of the things we've learned. Oh, look, it's sub radio in there. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday in there. Oh, they're on the TikTok. <laughs> What's the name of that app where you watch people watch TV? I wonder if you can watch people watching sub radio. What was it, Pedro? The, What's the name of that? No, thing? it's it's not an app. It's a show. It's called Gogglebox. That's horrifying. Goggle- 
Gogglebox. <laughs> Gogglebox, yeah. You can watch it on YouTube. It's That's like a that's like a a bit from like a dystopian book from 1985. Like that's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2021. 22. What year is it? It's a Black Mirror episode. <laughs> Anthony did a reverse old man by calling it an app instead of a show. I feel like usually boomers call things a show. <laughs> like if you watched a movie like we watched this great show recently. They're all programs. <laughs> yeah. Programs. Program. Yeah, program. <laughs> well, I think this stream was important, I think, for the band, if I if I could weigh in, because we got to meet the seventh sub radio band member, the wacky inflatable tube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I we, was almost said man, but I don't. I guess I don't know the pronouns, person. so I'll, I'll step back. Person. Yeah, he's a That's man. His, yeah, his name the is red, Wyatt. The red one in particular has been named Wyatt, uh, which is whack. <laughs> Wacky waving. That's two W's. Inflatable eye. <laughs> arm flailing. A tube man. T W W I A T. He's like Wyatt. Yeah. Wyatt. <laughs> um, yeah. We got that kind of as a, a a bit that like we'd have it on stage for live shows and we'd we'd kick it on like right at the end of the show and and people would lose it and it was a funny little thing we did and then we were stuck with it like that traveled with us for the whole tour uh, in 2019 just sitting in the back of the van. Um, and we'd bring it out like once a week because uh, we, were, we were playing small venues and it seemed kind of silly to like be in a bar in Cincinnati and turn on the tube man. But uh, <laughs> anywhere uh, else it makes sense. It's been given. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, he's, he's been given several names now by the, you know, by the audience. Uh, he's he's taken on a, a life of his own. He's got his own personality. It's mostly just really aggressive. He does a lot of slapping people <laughs> during the streams. <laughs> it's just really he's angry. The real he's got to be there. That's why yeah. you have so many British fans. Like, <laughs> they, they really relate. He, yeah, he's just really tall and dour. Yeah. <laughs> you have to draw some eyebrows on him and just make him look angry all the time. Are we alienating your, your UK fan base here right now? What's going no, on? They, they love oh, it. God. They love I it. I hope not. <laughs> they like no, abuse ever be. since Johnny Rotten spit and hawked loogies into the crowd on the fans. They love the abuse. Oh, Culture well, back shift. to the loogies. <laughs> back to loogies. <laughs> all right. That's right, a loogie callback. <clears throat> oh man, I hope that's not just our continual callback of this episode, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I really like the the addition of of things like Wyatt, and I guess I want to know what else goes into the production of a live stream. Like, what is a typical live stream like for you guys? How do you get ready? How do you put it together? What's it look like? Yeah, there's a lot of tech involved. We are running everything through OBS. We run uh, with a free service called OBS Ninja. We get a lot of questions about this. So mm. <laughs> we have a free service called OBS Ninja that we use to pair our phones. It's nice that we have a lot of guys in the band because everyone has a smartphone. So the number of cameras that we have is the number of smartphones we have, uh, <laughs> which is great. So we can get all these camera angles. Um, and it just snags your camera input and then you can pull it into your computer and then you can pull it in as a, as a, an individual camera link. Uh, and so we have these scenes, um, that you can press buttons and you can change the camera. And then we stream from OBS to whatever the platform is. We've been streaming to TikTok recently, but, um, used to do the same thing to, with Reddit and you can do it with YouTube. You can do it with Twitch. You can kind of do it with anything. Uh, and as far as the show goes, like, I've got a laptop in the back that I'm running a click track and Kyle programs the lights uh, with MIDI data. Mm -hmm. um, Kyle, yeah, so the, the two guys that are not here, Kyle and John, uh, they're both the key and guitarists uh, and they switch off. Um, yeah, and uh, 
yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Rehearse the songs, do the light show, get the cameras rolling, and we have a mixer. We have everything going into an X32. Um, and so we've got a mix out, and then it goes into OBS, and then we do up the cameras, and we hit the stream button. And it's, uh, it is very much a full production. It took a long time for us to get here. It took a lot of different like uh, pieces of gear that we had to get over time. We had a lot of it in the beginning because we're a full band. I feel like it, it can be there can be some barrier to entry that, that where people might not have the gear if they want to do this. We get questions all the time like, oh my god, your production is so good. How do we do this? Like, well, it helps to have been a band for 10 years before you start because you accumulate a lot of crap um, that is helpful for this sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a full audio-visual sort of production up front and then hit the stream button and then everything's done. Step one, be a band for a decade. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a huge, that's a huge shift, though. Yeah, that's, yeah. that must feel so, I mean, that would seem unnatural. I mean, there's so many things to, I mean, it's hard enough to agree on lyrics for a song. So then to become like a tech, a video tech band is, yeah, I imagine not why some folks signed up to be in a band or started a band. <laughs> so that's uh, good on you. Good on you for adapting and, and getting it all together. Yeah. yeah. To, to clarify, we have not been sub radio for forever. We, we played music as kids for a while, but sub radio is started in 2016. Um, mm. So that's that's when we like started actually doing this. <laughs> Who is changing camera angles during this? Is it, do you have like someone dedicated just like uh you know uh going back and forth or are you like playing your instruments and like one of you is like okay we got to change and like just clicking something <laughs> I don't know. It's Wyatt. It's Wyatt. It's Wyatt. <laughs> He's running the board just slapping things. We actually that's a funny question. We actually bought like a foot pedal to change it initially oh. and it ran on bluetooth like uh wow. to a computer but it sucked really bad and it didn't work at all. Um, so now we just kind of have like a guy in a chair. Um, and it's been many different people in chairs. Um, so it's, it's never always the same person. Um, I don't know if I should say who it's been specifically, but they've, it's been a lot of different people. There are, there is someone helping every stream though, that we have multicam going for a while. We couldn't figure it out on TikTok, Um, and then one day it just worked. Uh, so we're back to it. Yeah. We've had like 10 different people run it so far. So, you know, it's kind of yeah. whoever's free, who, like family, friends, you know, people will just come over. It's not hard. You just hit buttons on a key on a keyboard. Yeah. So, yeah. Just little numbers on the number pad. <laughs> yeah. I like the idea of each stream having a different director, though, like a TV series. Like you brought in somebody different <laughs> for, for each stream. Bryce Dallas Howard is doing our live stream this week, guys. Somebody in the comments of a recent stream literally just recently uh, referred to them as the producer. Uh, we were like, yeah, let's, we should give them a title. They should have a little, uh, they should have a little button that turns on an on-air sign. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do it in the produced by Dick Wolf font. I think. I <laughs> you beat me at the end of the stream just much. <laughs> well, you'll have to let me know when the live stream directed by David Lynch comes out because I will I will be mm. all over that. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be nuts. It'll be a lot of uh a lot of red velvet everywhere. Can't wait. Uh, but let's transition into talking about talk about LA. And I really like that we're talking about it today because it seems like the antecedent to what you ended up doing, it's this song about longing for connection and maintaining relationships through separation. 
And it seems like you ended up doing that in spades. Um, so I want to know, like, what are some of the pros and cons to being able to connect to fans in this way? We've, we, we talk about this so much because it is like, it's, it's sort of the way that everyone's life has changed in the last two years, not just ours, like a lot of similarities. Um, uh, but I was saying on, on, on one of our live streams a couple weeks ago, it reminds me of when they started making movies and all the movies had theater actors in them instead of like people who knew what movies were. And the movies looked really weird for a while because nobody knew how to act in front of a camera. Um, and that kind of is how I think we've, we felt for like the first little bit is like, this is really unnatural and we're trying to graft a real life thing onto a digital space and it's, that doesn't really work. Um, but we've, we've discovered, uh, you know, we've, we've sort of just like lived in that, uh, we've, we've swam in that soup long enough that like we, we, we know what we're doing now and it feels natural. And I think a lot of it is figuring out ways to interact with people, even though you can't see them. Um, and so we've, we've gotten a lot, uh, better at, at sort of like spending time in the comments, uh, and, and picking out, uh, people that we've, we've noticed come back over and over or thanking people for, for gifts and stuff. And it's a lot of the stuff you see on like, you know, uh, successful Twitch streams. Mm -hmm. Um, like those are, those are the people who actually have already figured this stuff out. Um, but it is weird. Uh, and this is something that we've not, I've, I personally have not gotten used to, to just play for like 90 minutes and you know really really like put it all out there and then uh just go offline and just be in the room and you're just done now and then you just go home <laughs> and, and there's no one there's no one there like coming up to the merch table or like you know you can't like give hugs and take pictures with people you just kind of like turn your phone off and drive home uh mm. and that's that that is always uh th that is always a letdown every stream uh there's no there's no really no way around that one there's like no way to, for you to like wind down, right? Because it's no, you're fully on and then you're fully off, uh, <laughs> right? And there's yeah, because no... <laughs> like like on your streams, like you guys, it it looks like you're really enjoying yourselves, and obviously, like you know, you've had the practice, so you've gotten into a, a groove, and you can like actually have fun with what you're doing. But then yeah, you have to go home at like an eleven. Yeah, well, until no, like... <laughs> no, we've we've just been fully in performance mode for like coming up on two hours, and then uh, it, instantly without without like leaving the room or anything changing uh we're no longer on stage and there's no one watching us oh. anymore and the show's over <laughs> there's no that like does, green that room does to sound go to. hellish yeah <laughs> yeah also well, like, within like 10 minutes of getting offline like everyone's already in their cars and going home it's not like the after show where you get to talk about how fun the show was and like meet people it's just like yeah like you were saying it's like hitting a brick wall of like um, oh this is so fun this is so cool to just being like oh no i'm listening to my npr podcast on my way home you know like it's it's not like it's not this like nice wind down into eating taco bell at two in the morning and passing out in the hotel room like it would be um like on tour no one sticks around to drink beers with barry <laughs> god there really are so many <laughs> i just really wow. like that and the dog started uh, barking right there can we appreciate that you just heard the dog yeah. bark right after i said that i really I really like that the thing, Matt, that you miss most is being able to just pound Taco Bell after the show. That is such a mood. Well, that's our that's our main mood. Yeah. The, the vibe is where we eat. The energy in the tour van, like after a good show, is kind of unparalleled, and uh, it really sucks that we haven't gotten that for like two years. Well, like testing out a song, like a crowd reaction to a song, too, is such a big thing, right? 
like you go wow people really responded to that song and that's data you can't i hate to say data but that's like info you can't (laughs) that's really hard to extract from a stream i feel like you can like i don't know look at how many applause emojis popped up (laughs) when you played a song but like or like feeling like whoa was that the best set we've ever done you know yeah like and we've been doing we've been doing actually that exact thing we've been testing out new like unreleased stuff on the streams and and trying to get some feedback on them and you know it's pretty helpful we we played we did a thing last week we played three new songs in a row we asked people like rank them in order and i think that was actually kind of helpful uh because we got a lot of responses and and people were comparing new songs to new songs number three one (laughs) number by the way pick number three my lord um uh, there were uh uh, it's 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 all weird with the comments though because you know that there's like it's like a subsection of a subsection of people who are actually in the comments mm-hmm. um and like you know there's there's 75,000 people that's that saw this stream probably a, a couple hundred of them actually care to like be in the comments and so it's like what do we that's that's like uh, the the data is poisoned in a way like those are those are <laughs> a very small subset of people uh who actually came to the show quote unquote so yeah. it's hard to know what to do with that necronically yeah. online yeah talking about like the community that we've built um like we have a discord we have a patreon and so we have like this pretty large online community now that goes from the streams into being able to talk about it afterwards and so i mean even after the stream you know where we played these three new songs and if people rank them we had people in the discord who have been following us and are like really helpful with feedback being like really love this one love this one most of them know like what the song names are when we haven't even like officially named them that yet which is like really cool to see so the community has been really helpful i think for us to like continue growing i love that you have such a positive um perception of that i feel like if i were in a band i would be so hostile toward feedback from fans <laughs> like if a fan was like yeah i didn't really i thought the guitar was too loud i thought maybe the the arpeggiation was a little weird with that riff I'd be like, fuck off. Be like, I mean, you know what session. it is. You know what it is. It's just that subradio doesn't <laughs> subradio doesn't fuck up. Like they don't make bad music. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, true. I, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's a. I mean, I don't know. I think we realize that you know we've only been able to maintain being a band uh, at the size that we're at because of our online fans. Uh, we've watched so many other bands our size kind of uh, crumple and fall due to COVID, due to not being able to tour. Uh, meanwhile, we have this, you know, huge group of people online just continuously lifting us. So I'm kind of like, I always like other people's opinions. I'm like, hey, they can't write the songs, but like, I'd love their opinion anyways on it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're listening to it. You know, it seems like things turned out a lot differently than expected during quarantine, but they ended up being just like pretty beautiful for you guys. And I think that plays a lot into the line in Talk About LA that goes, I know it's not what we had planned, but I still love this thing we made. Um, it reminds me of the Japanese art of Kintsugi. Are you guys familiar? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Only so, loosely. Yeah, it's this idea that when like something breaks, it's it's usually ceramic. You use kind of like this gold. Oh boy, robot um, oh, voices. Did I? Anthony, you're going to have to repeat this, that partner. This is what it is. This is what it is. <laughs> yes. Oh man, I froze. Uh, yeah, what was the... <laughs> yeah, I think so. That was amazing. <laughs> oh my god. We got nothing. Wow. You you said it's 
and then oh, right. went, went robot on us. So they we don't were want on us to notice that everyone just like was looking at me like really laughing and just like really into it. And I'm like, oh man, I'm really making a good point here. And then I realized, <laughs> no, they're all <laughs> no, but oh it's uh, it's when something breaks. Usually something ceramic um when it's kind of glued back together it's it uses like this gold filling so it ends up being um something completely different than it was but it's considered more beautiful because there is deliberation in the crumbling and you've created art out of it and um so i kind of want to know what is something else that turned out differently than expected that ended up being really beautiful for you Hmm. Yeah, I mean the the I I like that you called out that line cuz the the song itself was written about sort of one personal relationship, but I think even at the time we were writing it, which was during the pandemic, it we it like had the our eye on that too of sort of like a more universal thing. Um and that's yeah, it's certainly been true for us uh in that none of this uh, is what we intended to do. We certainly never intended to, you know, like be, uh, content creators on social media. <laughs> that was always a thing we kind of couldn't stand doing. It was something we had to do because we had to promote our shows or whatever. Um, and it's sort of like built a whole new toolbox of stuff that we're good at though. Um, and obviously has like created an entire fan base that didn't exist before. Probably wouldn't had we not done this. Um, so in a lot of ways, it was kind of like a kick in the ass to be like, "Hey, it's 2021. You can't, um, you can't just like go on the road with uh your your 10,000 Spotify monthly listeners and hope that people will come to the shows. Like, you gotta, you gotta be online. Um, so so in that way, it was helpful. Um, but I, I mean, I guess uh, I don't know. I mean, like COVID also got us a booking agent like out of all these streams and like connected us to management opportunities and like connected us to label opportunities. And you know, a lot of that has not fully come through, but like none of that, none of that would have happened. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it's, it's, it's all because we, we had to, we had to get online. I think the community also that we, uh, stumbled into or stumbled into us is, uh, kind of more of a, I think the question is like what ended up being really beautiful to you. I would say that aspect of it, um, cause there's people who have created like lifelong friendships, um, through that community who otherwise would have never met. Um, pandemic has just kind of pushed these people into each other's lives, um, for the better. The internet isn't only evil folks. There's some good that comes out of it. And it's almost time to shift gears into the next part of the show, but I want to ask one more question of everybody. Let's talk about LA. What is it about this city that makes you feel most nostalgic? Basically, the story is about me and my girlfriend, um, who we have wanted to move to LA for a very long time. She grew up there in Encino, um, and... Uh, so for her, it's very nostalgic. Um, for her, it's the place that she wants to be. Um, and so for the longest time uh, in our relationship, we were like, oh, we're going to move to L.A. someday. But we would only just talk about it. We would never actually do it because it's expensive and a garbage town, like you were saying. Um, uh, <laughs> so 
Um, but we, we both really love LA every time uh, I'm there. I am reminded uh, as to what I'm missing over here on the East Coast. Uh, and every time she goes back, she's reminded as to what she's missing on the West Coast back when she lived there. Um, so, yeah, the premise of the song was just uh, how we uh, how we kind of miss each other because she was forced somewhere else during the pandemic, uh, separated from me. Um, and so it just kind of became one of these things of like, let's talk about some place that would be better. That would be a lot cooler if both of us were together and uh, not this situation that we're in currently, which is kind of crappy and uh, separate. So L.A. Uh, for me always reminds me of fun uh, music trips, but uh, it also always reminds me of my girlfriend because that's where she's from. That's beautiful. I really like that. It it really <laughs> is like because it's almost like there's like a there's like a pain to it, but there's like also like a lot of love to it, and it's like. Uh, uh. So yeah, the idea. I mean, the idea was to make L.A. into a little. It's a concept, right? It's a concept of like some time in the future where uh, oh, thing, yeah. things are actually working. <laughs> L.A. is definitely an idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I I love that. Um, yeah, L.A. really is this kind of really haunted place because it's just brimming with unfulfilled desire, you know. Mm-hmm. And you hear so many songs about the promise of L.A. So to me, it was really nice to hear a song that's about building your own thing. I mean, even if this wasn't literally about this, but building your own thing outside of LA and not necessarily needing LA. And obviously your band completely proved that, right? You don't need to, you don't need to go to LA, you know, to be a successful group right. or successful in any measure, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did, I did not, we did not want to write the, um, the LA equivalent of, uh, Taylor Swift's welcome to New York. Uh, that was not, <laughs> no one does. <laughs> <laughs> la oh la is gosh. like la is truly one of those places where it's like it's it's what you make of it um like people are always like people will ask me like because i'm from san diego so anytime i go visit like anytime i meet someone new they're like um like would you would you move back to san diego i'm like well yeah but la is where all the opportunity is and like yeah it's where it's where like i need to be and it's got like what i need hop and off I'd the lo- plane with a dream in your cardigan basically yeah like i like i love la but like i never tell people like oh you should move there like because no it's not for everybody at all also we've got too many fucking people here that's right (laughs) if you're one of those transplants who does nothing but complain about la leave we don't need you all the houses cost one million dollars please leave (laughs) i gotta say though in and out burger just has to be that nostalgia i mean they so they pedal first of all i think they're they're great but they also pedal i feel like in nostalgia you know oh. and um they also have bible um verses in the bottom of the cups which was something i didn't learn till a lot later which was somewhat disturbing yeah isn't, that, it john, isn't it john like 316 whatever they do with the sports things mm, yeah could be i, I love the too closely I love that really old family guy joke where they look up uh what john 316 actually is and, and the Lord God, God said, go, go socks. Or what is it, socks? Yeah. And God said, go socks. <laughs> That's right. As it is written. <laughs> what makes me most nostalgic about LA? It's not, I mean, I've said it before. I said it when we were interviewing Nico, but it's a very specific period of time where I drove for rideshare because getting work was very difficult back in 2014 for me. Um, but it was... Uh, 
driving through downtown LA, sun is setting. Um, you kind of got like the gold and the purple of twilight and just blasting sleepwalking by the chain gang of 1974. <laughs> um, the theme song of Grand Theft Auto Five. best thing about that game, it really, I think, captures like what this what this city can feel like at its best. Yeah. Wow, that just transported me back. I forgot entirely about that song, and that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a vibe. It is. It's a mood, dare I say. Oh, uh, God, good segue. <laughs> good let's go. segue. <laughs> All right, who is ready for... A game of hashtag mood. Yeah, fuck it up. We gotta, as always, thank Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for that amazing Hashtag Mood theme song. What is Hashtag Mood, you ask? It's the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we are going to do is head on over to the Tunes and Tumblers inbox where a fan of the show or a fan of the band or a uh, just uh, a friend of the pod will have left us a voicemail and or text. We're going to listen to that and... Each of us gets a chance to choose one song to match that mood for the ultimate playlist. And because we got so many moods this this time out, I had uh, producer Drew, who is not here today, pick one at random, and we we're going to listen to the one that he chose. So let me hit the playback. Um, hi, I'm a uh, I'm a really big fan of you guys. Um, I would. Uh, love to have a playlist to do to listen to while I'm reading. That would be great with a nice cup of tea. But um, I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Ooh, big fan. And as a bookworm myself, I I would love to dive into this. That was a real misleading one. She's having tea, but she sounded American, not British. <laughs> so my first thought for this was, oh, obviously you should just sit down with uh, the two the two most recent Taylor Swift albums. Uh, evermore folklore um, but then I, I thought again and you're, if you're trying to read you're trying to like focus on the words uh, and like get invested in your book and there's so many lyrics in the, and that's kind of the whole point of, of listening to Taylor Swift is to listen for the lyrics and I feel like you'd be, get pulled in two directions so I, I'm taking that back that is not a good suggestion um, <laughs> what I would suggest is one of my favorite albums from last year which is uh, The War on Drugs uh, album is called I Don't Live Here Anymore and what the War on Drugs does is they just get into a groove uh, their drummer sounds like a drum machine essentially um, and then they just ride that groove for like 7 minutes straight uh, and it just builds and builds and builds it's very gradual the guy sounds like Bob Dylan you don't need to listen to lyrics it's not important um, <laughs> but the, the songs just set like this perfect mood of like you're going somewhere but you're in stasis and uh, I think that would be good reading material so that is that is my suggestion cool I was on the similar uh, no lyrics path, so um, classic explosions in the sky, your hand in mine. Um, uh, excellent track to read to or just get into um, a mood. You could probably so this is going to be like a weird one, uh, but you could probably put on the entire uh, Tron soundtrack uh, that was done by Glitch Mob. 
I think it's killer. It's just all soundscape and it's all like kind of epic. And I think it lets you really lose yourself into um, whatever you're reading. That's the re- that's the remix album, right? Yeah. And yeah, it is yeah. killer. Fucking, oh, I love it. I, I, I don't think that he's Chilean, but when I was in Chile, uh, I discovered an artist named Saib. And he makes this really cool, like, hip-hop trance kind of instrumental music. And he's got a song called Rainforest. And it's this, like, neo-soul kind of groovy thing. So if you're reading and you're sipping your tea, listening to Rainforest by Saib, it's going to get you, like, right right in the the vibe, I think. Wow. These are such good picks. That was a great distillation of the war on drugs. Like, when people try and... Because I have friends who are like, I, you know, I don't... I'm not sure what what is it about the war on drugs that is great, and that was like a perfect description <laughs> of it. <laughs> I have a reading playlist that I usually go to, um, but Moon Safari by Air, that album is a good one. I like going to that, but unfortunately there are lyrics occasionally. Um, Sexy Boy is a little distracting at times, um, <laughs> but I would say um, Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders had an album called Promises that came out last year that they did with the London Symphony Orchestra, and it's an incredible piece of work, you know, um, jazz, classical, and just, uh, I mean, pretty unbelievable stuff. So I'll just leave it at that. Check out Movement 6. <laughs> I can go next. Um, I would go with basically anything from the Donkey Kong Country 1 or 2 <laughs> soundtrack. Nice. Oh, yes. <laughs> nice. But specifically... But specifically, Aquatic Ambience from Donkey yeah. Kong Country 1 and Sticker Brush <laughs> Symphony from Donkey Kong Country 2. And, like, the originals aren't on Spotify or anything, but you can find millions of covers. Doc, Bramble so, Blast? Bramble Blast, yeah. sitting down. No, 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 no. That's the uh, one, okay. right? But, okay, but that's... People tend to confuse the two. I'm pretty sure you're <laughs> thinking of the same one I'm thinking of. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I love We're the good. idea of sitting We're down good. with yeah, a, yeah, a, yeah, a cup of tea. If you Google either you just, title, it'll come up. We're good, I promise. Put Jungle Japes on repeat. (laughs) Wow. We got some real Kong heads. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Kong heads turn up. I like to... What was the the rigging? uh, Or the... um, From Dunking on Country 2, the boat one, where you're going up the... Oh, it's like the pirate one. Yeah, the jigging or the rigging thing. Yeah, the the jib jig. Uh, Yeah, there it is. There was this post on the Hard Drive Times uh, back in December. Um, if you don't follow the Hard Drive Times, they're basically the onion, but for like video games, pop culture. And they had a headline that said, man tasked with making score for a monkey riding a swordfish underwater creates transcendent piece of music. <laughs> it's too true. It's too true. The music That's from good. those games is like, it had no business being that good. Yeah. Yes, and Hunchback of Notre Dame. That soundtrack blows my mind. I feel bad going next because that was like such a great. One you should to end feel on. bad. Uh, and I was going with like something more traditional. I mean, I guess. Uh, so, friend of the pod, Bometheus. God, I love his album Sweet Nothings. Uh, it's it's probably the best album I've ever heard, and. He's a multi-instrumentalist. Um, he, his lyrics are so probing and deep. I remember, I've talked about him so many times on the show. He was a guest. He played, he like premiered a, a song for us. But I, I, it was one of these albums I got in my DMs. 
back when I started writing for Atwood and I'm like, Oh sure. Fine. I'll, I'll like check this out from like this no name artist I've never heard of. And I listened to it and then I listened to it again. And then I listened to it again and I sent it to my girlfriend and I'm like, Holy shit. I think I found something really special. Uh, if you are listening to just one track on it, drown me. It's just this like really sweet, like, um, deceptively sweet because it's a pretty dark song. Um, <laughs> because it's called ballad. drown me. Mm-hmm. Drown me in my own glass of water and wipe the smile dry from my cold lips. That's how it starts. Check it out. Drown me, Bometheus. Mm-hmm. It's from his 2019 album, Sweet Nothings. Uh, not, you know, not quite as transcendent as a monkey riding a swordfish, but it gets pretty close. <laughs> Listeners, do you have a mood of your own? Leave us a message by calling or texting the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477. I think we're very close to maxing out our inbox, thanks to Subradio fans, so get them in now. And guys, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been an absolute pleasure. Before we close up the bar for the night, does anyone have any lingering thoughts or plugs to do? Oh man, uh, we got a whole bunch of shows coming up in uh, March. We're we're going back on the road. We're playing in real rooms with real people. So go buy tickets, please. Those are on our website. We're going to New York and Chicago and Columbus and St. Louis and a whole bunch of other places. We would love to see people. Yeah. yeah. And as far as plugs go, all of our ads are sub radio band. We are everywhere, as we've been talking about on this podcast the whole time. We are all over the internet. Um, and we respond to everything. So find us on Instagram. Join our Discord. Uh, check out our Patreon. We're on TikTok every week streaming. Um, send us a, a DM on anything. Follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter's hilarious. It's run by Adam and Barry. <laughs> let me um, let me give you a great tweet from the Twitter account that I think should be viral <laughs> that I found. Most and of it, most of it should be homework. <laughs> there were a couple that really stood out. There's one I'm not going to say because it's a little spicy. But this idea that you had was so good. It was, what if social media apps closed at like 11 p.m. local time like restaurants? We all just had to go say silly little things in real life instead. <laughs> I love that idea. Let's implement that. Let's I, get it going. I now. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. That would yeah. really stop me from responding to everyone's Instagram stories when I'm drinking at, you know, midnight. <laughs> yeah. Like France made, I think, taking work calls on the weekend illegal not long ago. So oh, this, hell yeah. I, I don't, I think there's precedent for this. So let's. Let's make it happen. I like it. Let's yeah. do it. Nine nine a.m. to ten p.m. business hours on Twitter. After that, you gotta uh, you gotta log off. <laughs> you gotta be silent. Yeah, write us a letter. <laughs> we don't want any of those ambient fueled uh, tweets. That yeah, get Anthony. Oof. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting the. Uh, I'm not getting the pentatonic stands mad at us again. <laughs> yeah. <that> was... <laughs> Thank you guys once again. Uh, I will be for sure checking out the next live stream, as should you all listeners. And thank you for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. It really helps a lot. And if you go into the episode description and scroll to the bottom, you'll find a link where you can support the pod. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau when he decides to show up. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. Until next time, cheers. 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 Woo! I get the cheers. We get them
inside.